Hello and welcome to another edition of the Kings of Anglia Ipswich Town podcast. My name is Andy Warren um, and I'm joined by my good old friend, good old Stuart Watson. Stu, um, surprised to see me still here. Um, had quite the win on uh, on Tuesday night. Yeah, Mr Heath is still not here, is he? Um, I, I'm concerned that his holiday in Dorset may be extended and he, he might be looking for a a fake passport and disappearing somewhere you've uh you've cashed in i think to 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 bring listeners up to speed we rang him in the middle of the last podcast to see if he would take a cash out on your big million pound picks um he didn't answer the phone on that but i did get a text back and he said absolutely not um do or die i live by the sword well, he's died by the sword because uh, we got the third goal, mate. We got the third just, goal at the end. Just that was uh, Kyle Edwards standing over a free kick in stoppage time. That's um, Kyle, Kyle didn't know quite how much uh, how much was resting on his shoulders. He's ultimately won won me thirty four million pounds. I don't know what he's done to Mark Heath. Um, I turned current... to you as he stood over that free kick, and I said, "Imagine." Andy, if this was real money, that you imagine if this was a real, bet real money, and you, and you had that riding <laughs> on it, and then he popped it in the top corner. Um, that's yeah. exciting. It was exciting. Um, I haven't stolen Mark's dog yet. Uh, I haven't taken his air fryer, but it, it's not just thirty-four million in the hole. He he is also another four million on top of that, still in the what was what was still in the pot plus. My stake, so that is at thirty-eight million pounds up on um on a one million pound starting pot. So, should we remind listeners what the actual bet was at the start of this? Yep, yep. This was at the start of the uh, start of the little four game run that we've been talking about of the uh, the games against teams in the bottom third of the division. So it was it was to win all four of those and score twelve goals in the process, which is why Kyle's Kyle Edwards free kick. Uh, was so important because before then they'd scored 11 and that was the 12th. So bang on the nose, um, job done. And, and 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 now we worry about Mark. Haven't heard from him really. I worry about him and I worry about you, mate. I do worry that you're going to, you're going to go completely off the rails now. Um, your lifestyle, Mr. Cool, laid back, Iceman, Andy Warren, never flustered. Um, I do worry the money could go to your head. You don't need to, you don't need to worry about me, mate. I'm a I'm I'm, I'm my big concern is whether I'm not going to get this cash. I've I've got an offer to make to Mark um to get it back. This is skipping ahead a little bit, but I I don't want to see him in trouble. I don't want to see the guy in trouble. We need him. Okay. Uh, I can ring him again if you want. Do you want to save this till you? If you've got a, when we get onto the Bolton chat, and you give me some. No, some let's just do it. Let's just do okay. it. Let's just, let's just do it let, now then. Because because if he doesn't answer, that gives us the entirety of the show for him to ring back. So okay, um, give Mark a little call. He was and, disappointed um, to have missed our call last time, so let's see. He may not have signal because he's out walking the dog through scenic parts of Dorset. I think. Let's try him. You're live on Kings of Anglia. Please do not swear. I'm going to get it. It's not going to do it. The Vodafone voicemail service for... Oh. Shame. Well, let's see. Well, you might get back to us before the end of this and you can uh, you can put him an offer to the table. I'm interested. Okay. Well, this is he's got basically 45 minutes to, to get this off because it, if he doesn't respond to it within the confines of the show it's uh, it's expired so we'll get to that later before we get to Bolton though we've got um the real business of the Akron hold game. up that's quite he's straight back on it is he there he is hello hello mate you call me yeah you are on the Kings of Anger podcast please do not swear how exciting I know that's something you struggle with <laughs> um, are you having a nice holiday? It's okay, mate. Yeah, it's not too bad. The weather's not been great. Um, we've not had any snow, but it's pissing it down. Good. Well, we've yeah, 
you've not heeded the warning straight away. Um, friend, I'm going to pass you over now. This feels like who wants to be a millionaire when you do um, <laughs> phone a friend. I'm going to pass you over now to Andy. Andy yeah. is uh, Andy's won himself an awful lot of money, as you as you know. I believe he's thirty four million pounds up. I'm going to yeah. pass you over to Andy now. He um, he needs to have a chat with you. Okay. Hi, mate. You can't hear Hello. this, can he? Can you hear me? No, no it's, it's, this isn't going to work. What's can happened you... there? It's going through Stu's. It's going right, through I'm Stu's to... earphones. <laughs> right, we have. We Andy's haven't talking about in this. my. We haven't thought about this. Right, I'll have to relay. I'll have to relay this to you. Okay, via Andy. This is gr- this is great podcasting. Could, could and... you pull your Could you pull your earphones out and just play through the laptop speaker? Would that work? Right, speak. Andy. Can you hear me? Can you hear me now, Mark? No, hold on. <laughs> Absolute shambales. This right. is this is spectacular. Now spectacular. Andy. Hello, Mark. No. This is what happens when I go away and just falls apart. Yeah. Right. I'll just tell you what Andy says. Go on. I've got an offer. This is this is going to be horrendous. Right. The offer is double or quits. Andy's giving you a, dub, a double or quits offer here, Mark. Yeah. Ipswich Town win at Bolton. Ipswich Simple. to win at Bolton, double or quits. Wow. So, what, double, double 34 million? Yeah. Yeah. This is your, this is your get out of jail free card here. I'm not a mathematician, that's a lot of money. Um, will they win at Bolton? I don't think they will, Stu, so I'm taking that bet. He's taking it. He's taking it. Stakes are high. Can I lock you in on that? It's locked. It's locked in. This is exciting. Good stuff. Um, I'll let you get back to your holiday, mate. Any other business? Anything you want to tell us? I miss you. I miss you. Okay. Save that for off the pod, please, lads. Yeah. We miss you too, mate. We'll see you next week. Have a good holiday. Up the town. Bye. Good. That might be some of the worst audio we've ever done on here. Could you even hear Mark on speaker? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. I could hear Mark. I could hear Mark perfectly. So, um, but yeah. So, so there we are. Double or quits. Cool. You. I've tried to be generous here. I, I'm help. I'm trying to help a man. Very generous. I think I'd have taken that as well. But you have, uh, in the true spirit of the Kings of Anglia podcast, you have slapped your big cojones on the table there. Oh, yeah. Ballsy, that was. Yeah, well, I I just think it's, I I mean, quite frankly, 34, you can't do much with 34 million pounds, really. But so, but 72. 72? No, 68. What am I on about? Um, Plus the four I've already got. That's the 72. You can do a lot with that. Right, let's knock this on the head. Accrington, um, Ipswich are going into the game with Bolton that we've been discussing uh, with four wins in a row. That's good. And the latest one of those came against Accrington on Tuesday night. Um, 3-0, job done, and um, we move on. But but there's 90 minutes to talk about. So what, what are your big takeaways from that? Well, let's just talk about it in general terms, in terms of can we read anything from that? Does it mean anything? Is it anything more than just job done? Um, probably not, to be honest. It, they were, Accrington were a step above Forest Green, a step below Burton is probably where I would have put them. They tried to do what Burton tried to do at Ipswich. I thought they tried to mimic a bit of that. They, they, um, their two wing backs sat in to make it a back five out of possession. There was an element of that low block, and then they tried to leave three up and and play some direct balls into the box and, and try and do a few of those Burton-y things to Ipswich, but they didn't do them as well as Burton. Um, and they looked decidedly vulnerable uh, and dodgy at the back, I thought, from the off. So um, as soon as Ipswich got that first goal... Um, 
that was that was pretty routine. That was pretty comfortable, wasn't it? Um, a little nervy moment towards the end of the first half. I think. Um, who did you speak to post game? Which player? Caden Jackson. Caden Jackson and Caden sort of said maybe we made it a bit harder for ourselves by uh, by not putting our foot on the gas once it went one nil. But um, they didn't even need to put their foot on the gas. They didn't really need to get out of second gear, did they? No, I, I'll be. I didn't think very much of that Accrington team at all. Um, I think Accrington have, have punched so much above their weight for so many years that there's only so many players like Ross Sykes, Colby Bishop that you can that you can lose. Dion Charles will see this weekend. There's only so many times that a team like Accrington can lose players like that and regenerate credit to John Coleman. He's done it every year, um, and but they're by no means down this year. But they, I think they're going to have a real real battle real battle from this point on because I, I didn't think very much of them at all. But that being said, Ipswich did what they needed to do. Um, I, I enjoyed watching the remodelled right side in, enjoy some good early moments. Those were the two changes, Wes Burns and Harry Clark out, Caden Jackson and Janoy Danassian in and, and Accrington. It felt like Accrington were encouraging Ipswich to attack down that right side and they didn't need too much encouragement because... Um, I think they were quite keen to use the pace of Caden Jackson. They were a bit more direct trying to use him. And that's where the first the first goal ultimately came from. But but if you source that back further, it came um came right from the back. And yes, a really good Ipswich team move, but I, there was barely an Accrington tackle in there. Ipswich worked the ball from back to front without Accrington putting a glove on them at any point. And um just happy to see town do what they needed to do, really. Yeah. Kieran McKenna was quick to labour that point at the end that this is a part of our game that the boys probably don't get enough credit for our bravery of playing out from the back. It's something that we've had to work really hard at. Um, so that was something that he clearly wanted to make a point about at the end of the game. But you're right, looking back at that first goal, yes, Ipswich played it out from the back quite nicely, starting with Christian Walton, a couple of little tight areas, but it wasn't a... It wasn't a, a full-on press, was it? Ipswich managed to sort of escape those shackles quite quickly, and then, um, and then all of a sudden, Morsi and Luongo have have acres of space in midfield, and then it's just top-class execution, isn't it? Once they get to the final third, the Luongo pass, brilliant. Uh, the Jackson cross equally as good on the run low, and uh, Broadhead arrives fairly unmarked to uh, to side foot home from six mm. yards out, so. Um, yeah, that was that was one nil, twelve minutes, and as always in these sort of games, if Ipswich can start right, get the first goal fairly early, uh, you fancy him. We've pond- we've talked about like double players hitting double figures, Stu, but Nathan Broadhead can hit double figures this season, can't he? He's, I think that'd be impressive if he could get to get to ten. That's four now, all at Portman Road. Is that right? It's four, isn't it? Yeah, four goals, four, two four assists. Goals all up. Um, he's got a knack of doing things like that. I, I, we we talked about this a lot on Monday, but it's just another. This goal is just another example of a of a January signing kind of clicking, clicking into place. I, I genuinely think he can reach double figures this season, yeah. and if he can, along with obviously Chaplin and Ladapo at the top end of those scoring charts, um, that'd be nice. Yeah, in that piece I did about Chaplin's goal tally and, and where that ranks, there was a bit in there about when the last time Ipswich had three players get all getting double figures at the end, end of the season. I think you're going back to uh, mid-noughties, I think it was. With I'll have to double-check that while we're talking on the piece that I did, but it's, it's a while ago since Ipswich have had three. Um, and absolutely, Nathan Broadhead can do it. Um, Four goals, two assists. He's had a, he's had a, uh, a hand in two others as well. So you could call that six, arguably eight goal contributions or goal involvements um, since he's come to Ipswich. Um, pretty good start. Uh, we always talk on here about um, how new signings, especially forward players, I think their first month or so really kind of sets the tone for how their, their career is, is going to progress. And Nathan Broadhead has certainly set the tone, hasn't he? Mm, that's a, a goal contribution, at least, in every one of his home games. And he, he had a, 
he certainly had a goal contribute may not show up statistically but he had a goal contribution in that second one for town as well didn't he sort of in the tight didn't really have room to work between where he was and the byline to get that to get past a man and get a cross away but he he managed to do it um I think Massimo Luongo was gutted not to have scored that himself but fortunately his his shot came back off the bar and um was put in by Caden Jackson and and that that was that wasn't it 2-0 yeah um Walton had made a save just before half time when Ipswich had had one momentarily momentary lapse at, at the back, but other than that, they'd been okay. Um, and then, yeah, when that when that second goal went in, that was game set and match. Broadhead just sort of squared up his marker, didn't he? Baba Fernandez, um, their centre half, who was wearing number fifty, who looked who looked shaky, I thought, for long periods of that game. And Broadhead smelt blood. He sent he sensed that he had the beating of him just squared him up and it's just a nice little sort of little trip, little drop of the shoulder, ball glued to his feet and um, pulled the ball back. I think it's a deflection, actually, looking back at Luongo's effort. It wasn't. I think it might have taken a bit of a deflection on its way to goal, but hits the bar and, and Jackson's there to turn it in. I absolutely love, mate, people watching this on video, maybe rewind it a little bit. You you dropped a shoulder when you were talking was about I? Nathan Broad. Yeah, you you dropped a shoulder. You you did your man, and um, I could see you picturing in your mind um, you doing that. Did you do that last night? Did you play football last night in the snow? We did play in the snow last night. Yeah, tri- tricky conditions. Um, I could not beat a man for love nor money last night. I tried a bit bit of the old minty shoulder shuffles at times, but it wasn't coming off. I played badminton on Monday with my friend Sam. I haven't played badminton. We we haven't played badminton together since we were at school, but I played on Monday night. I tweaked my ankle right at the end. It's absolutely killing me. Just a a reminder of being an old an old man whose body is starting to starting to struggle. It's taken me three days to shake that off. I'm hobbling around. Choke. Did you notice me hobbling up and down the stairs at Portman Road? It took me forever to get to get up and down there. No. But badminton injury isn't isn't the sort of uh, isn't the coolest injury to have, is it? No, 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 <laughs> no. It isn't fun. It was fun though. Fun though. I, I I used to really enjoy badminton when I was younger. We had a good game. Um, I went in there. I went in there thinking, you know, I'm probably still as good as I was when I was 16. I used to be quite good when I was 16. I've absolutely not. Every shot I hit, I could hear the kind of the frame of the racket just go ping because I hit hit the shuttlecock with the with the frame instead of the middle. Absolute shambles, but um, got better as the game went on. Um, anyway, that's the analysis of my badminton done. Um, I've you know, not I really called got... Nathan Broadhead Minty. Are we? Yep. Has the KOA nickname curse officially officially been exercised? Now is that because Mark wasn't the man to kind of dish out the nickname? Is that maybe? Does that mean his nicknames equals curse, our nicknames equal blessing? Is that what we're saying? On a very small sample size, I don't think you can argue with that in any way whatsoever, can you? That's scientific, scientific fact. It's um, proof. Maybe maybe I'll have a little think about some some others we can chuck in the mix just to just to give mm. some people a boost. It's not. It's not caught. It's not quite caught on though. But he's certainly making things tingle at the moment for Ipswich. He's doing a, he's doing a fine, fine job. Um, throughout the rest of the um, the Accrington game, I've, I'm not. I don't really feel like I've got an awful lot to say about it, apart from maybe jumping to John Coleman's comments at the end. Have you watched? Did you watch his post match video, John Coleman? Uh, haven't watched it. I've I've read. Uh, I saw you. Uh, you obviously wrote them, wrote them up, and put them online. So I've read them. Um, I assume Very the strange. tone was quite. Quite frosty, frenetic and scouse, um, but sort of jumping. I think I think it obviously not happy with the pen, the um, the red card decision right at the end. But I, 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 that's obviously not linked to the result. They they clearly would have known they were beaten by that point. But they, I think it's a sign of a of a team that are struggling both for numbers and um, and form because that's. Potentially a, their goal starting goalkeeper suspended. Um, the substitute goalkeeper looked tiny, didn't he, when he came he on? Did. Uh, little, he looked about uh, ten. Yeah, he came on and um, 
You know, when you see outfield players put on a goalkeeper shirt and it looks a bit big for them, he looked like it was like an outfield player in goal. I think he, mm. I think he was 20 when I looked him up. Um, yeah. Poor, poor lad. First thing he has to do is pick the ball out the back of the net. Um, yeah, John Coleman's been, you know, he's he's been there, done it at Accrington a long time and he'll know deep down that this isn't a team that is a reflection of him, that this is a, a pale imitation of, of Accrington sides of, of years gone by. I mean, he's right to point out that he's up against the Ipswich side that contained Janoy Danassian, Caden Jackson and Cameron Burgess, who were all poached from him. You talked about various players that have left Accrington over the years, Ipswich have got three of them. And they're all starting in, in that game. Um, yeah, they're... Um, they're in a bit of trouble, and I'm sure there was a, uh, those comments probably came from a mixture of frustration uh, and also probably a little bit of deflection tactics as well. I'm inclined to agree with them about the red card, actually, by the way. I mean, it didn't affect the game at all. Of course it didn't, but there was no way that um, Harry Clark was going to get to that ball. I don't know if you could quite say it was denied a, a goal-scoring, obvious goal-scoring opportunity, but um, yeah, they're in, they're in a bit of trouble, Akrington. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, all of that kind of sets Ipswich up into the place we really wanted them to be, though, doesn't it? This is we wanted them going into this Bolton game with with Shrewsbury, Barnsley, Derby all on the horizon. We wanted them going in with four four wins from four games, which individually you look at all four and think Ipswich should be winning this. They they want to be challenging for automatic promotion. They they've done their job over the last four, haven't they? Last two and a half weeks or so that those have all been crammed into and um overall looking at them as a as a group can't have too many complaints i don't think it's been a very useful period for town of, of growth and um and points yes it has and it was a quite a nice little run of fixtures because ipswich were kind of not rebuilding but integrating some new players on the fly in the middle of a season, um, ones that needed to get their fitness up as well, players that hadn't played a huge amount of football for one reason or another. So to have had the games they've had recently, I think, has come at a good time. Ipswich needed to get a bit of momentum and confidence going. They needed to get some players up to speed that had just arrived and um, and they've done that. Um, I don't think we should just dismiss what they've done over the last four games because... Earlier in the season, Lincoln, Cheltenham, Fleetwood had proved banana skins, so they're no, they're no, it's no, it's no gimme in these sort of games. Ipswich had to go and do what they needed to do, and they've done it. Um, the pleasing thing for me is that it looks like a team that's starting to come together now. We're starting to see the semblance of a of a settled starting eleven slash. 18 man match day squad we're seeing some partnerships build all over the pitch now we're seeing a bit of chemistry just feels like a team that's coming together at the right time doesn't it mm. it's, it's that last point i think that's been the big thing for me over the last four games the, the partnerships and the, and the and the chemistry yes a lot of that i'm sure will have come from a slightly more more settled side but just to to know that I think Ipswich have got a centre-half partnership now. They've got a central midfield partnership. They've got... They've got the two, two tens. The two tens are the two, yeah, the two attacking midfields. Uh, are a partnership starting to work together a little bit more. And and, and actually, I think... Um, I, I really... I, I think Ladapo and Broadhead have got quite a good understanding between each other already as well. Um, I don't think that's necessarily going to be set in stone like the centre midfield and the centre-back partnership are but I think it was important that that happened so um, if it switch get back to where we want them to get back to that there's which is obviously right in that mix for second place we're going to look we're going to be looking back on hopefully good results at Bolton Barnsley Derby but actually looking back on this run of four games as being a bit of a bit of a, a breeding ground and a launch pad hopefully um for what's to come so it's been it's been an enjoyable period i've really liked what i've seen from town in these and i'm really looking forward to seeing how that now translates into um some real some really tough fixtures but some really enjoyable fixtures too yeah That's not this is probably a nice point to give cameron burgess a bit of love actually i think um it, it, End of last season, certainly towards the end of the Paul Cook era, if you think back to that Barrow game, Cameron Burgess was 
all at sea. He looked a bit of a looked a bit of a cart horse, to be quite honest. He looked really get caught high up the pitch. If you got him on the turn, he looked bang in trouble. Um and yeah, it looked like he was that was a, an area that Ipswich were gonna have to improve on and, and pretty quick. It's certainly if you'd have told me at that moment in time that along comes Kieran McKenna, this kind of technical possession based coach and Cameron Burgess would be a, an integral part of the side one year on, I'd have laughed at you. I just wouldn't have seen how that he was going to fit into that. But he is, like so many players, has come on leaps and bounds under Kieran McKenna. I think um wasn't that long ago that we were talking about Edmondson Wolfenden having the kind of highest ceiling for success as a partnership going forwards. But for whatever reason, injuries obviously haven't helped with George Edmondson, but he's not... He's not quite hit the same sort of form as before whenever he's been in the team. I think a left-sided balance plays a big part in that. Um, Burgess gives you the, some of those physical aerial qualities that I think you need at this level. Um, and so, yeah, that that partnership now of Wolfenden and Burgess looks to be the solid one. And I think Ipswich have now kept five clean sheets in a row. Yes, it's great that they've opened up and scored some goals, but I was never really too worried about the goal threat. It was about conceding some of these sloppy goals and they've managed to get back to the sort of the, the staple of their success in the early days under McKenna, which is keeping clean sheets. And mm. I think to keep clean sheets, you need a settled back line. I don't, it's not just a, like he does bring the physical stuff as well, but I think so much of his improvement has been on the ball as well because you can't, I don't think you can be an important part of Kieran McKenna's team if you're not good on the ball. And he's he's improved his he's improved his defending, as you say. That those times where he could get pulled up, pinned, turned, they were really worrying, weren't they? Those that year year or so ago when that was happening. Um, but but he's as good as he's good on the ball as well. I think he. he he plays some balls into into Morsi there in some tight areas, balance with the left foot, links with Davis well, can pick people out down the line. Um, it, this isn't Rio Ferdinand we're talking about here. If he's, I, I don't know, or, or Vincent Company in terms of players really comfortable on the ball, but but he's certainly made big strides there, and he's, I think he's he's good. He's a good player on the ball, and that, and you have to be in these teams, don't you? You can't, you can't. I don't think anyone, any McKenna team's going to ha- have a player in it who's not comfortable on the ball, no matter how physical they are. And no, well, I mean, he started out as a central midfielder at Fulham. I think he made his debut for Fulham in central midfield against Ipswich in that season. Do you remember Felix McGath, the little uh, with his little glasses? The, the, yeah, the bottle glasses. Um, Nips, which beat him two 0 on the opening day, and but I think Burgess made his debut in that game for Fulham and played central midfield, and he'll tell you that, you know, that's that's you know he's he's started at a, a good good academy and was, you know, started as a midfielder. Um, so yeah, he can handle the ball. I think having a left footer, I always like a left footer on the left side of a central half pairing because it gives you that angled out ball out cross to the right, which I think he can play when you can get an out ball to. To Burns or Jackson out there. So there's not many. We'll probably come on to what sort of team we expect to, to play Bolton at the weekend. But the number of sort of question marks in this seat in this team is, is dwindling by the match at the moment. There was times where we were talking four or five positions and it was going down to three or four. Um I think I've probably only got one down here on, on my list. Well, let's, well, let's. Why don't we just do that now? We're there. We're talking about the Bolton game. We'll get onto the onto Bolton, the challenge that they bring. But where's the question? Where's the question mark? And it's, clear, it's clearly not at the back. They've kept five clean sheets in a row. It's... Uh, for me, it's what striker plays, and and people will go. Well, Freddie Ladapo is banging form at the moment, and I agree. He looks like a man that's got. His chest out, bit of confidence, smile on his face, and I think he's he's been integral to how that top end of the the team is is playing in terms of his link play. Take the goals out of it. You're right. He's got a bit of an understanding going with Broadhead, um, but I think McKenna will look at Bolton and look at what qualities are best suited. They've got big Ricardo Santos, six foot five centre half, one of the best in the division. Um, 
does he want a runner in behind? And I think Hurst is, is better for those qualities. Or does he want someone that's going to be doing the link play and, and really sort of go at Bolton in more of in a proper possession game of football, which is which is what they want. So it certainly wouldn't be any knock on Freddie Ladapo at all if he came out of this this team, but he might just decide that George Hurst uh, is, is better suited. Um, you think, go back to the, the Burnley game, the replay up there, Hurst played and he played very well in that game in, against a similar sort of style of football. Um, that's the only question mark that I've that I've got on this team. Is there any other areas for you? I, I assume that means restoring the right side that played in the Burton game. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So the rest of the team, I'd, I'd have Walton, Clark, Wolfenden, Burgess, Davis, Morsi, Luongo, Burns, Chaplin, Broadhead. That's looking. That's looking like uh, fairly nailed on to me. Mm. Yeah, I think so. Um, I can see both arguments for the striker because yet, yes. I agree. Hurst is the, is the better the better option for getting him getting him behind. He's you look at a lot of his Portsmouth goals, and a lot of them are, have come that way. But in terms of someone like you look at the rest of the Ipswich team, you look at, look at sort of Burns down the down the right. You've got got Broadhead as well. I could also see an argument that Ladapo might draw like pull pull Santos up a little bit, pull the Bolton line up a bit, and make space for the others. So. Um, I could see arguments for both of them, and honestly, I don't know which one which one he'll go with. Um, both have got both will play, and both will have their time in in the game. Um, it's difficult. I don't know. Like both, you, I think you could make a, a real argument for both approaches, both um, and both both of those strikers to play. Um, so we'll, we'll be interested to see what one. Yeah, I mean, take, taking their individual qualities out of it, maybe the the argument that would tip it in Freddie's favour is that he's just a bit more up to speed. He's just in terms of his physical fitness, in terms of how many games he's got under his belt this season, in terms of where he's at with team chemistry and stuff like that. Sometimes all of that stuff has to override. You can overthink it and start to think, well. It, whose qualities are best suited to this game. Do you just ride the hot hand sometime and maybe maybe it yeah. just comes down to that? Well, he's the man in the groove, isn't he? He's the man that's scoring goals. He's the man that we... Like, George, George Hurst has played... Don't This isn't a knock on George Hurst. He's contributed. Of course he has. He's, I think he's played He's played well. But Freddie Ladapo is scoring the goals. So I think I probably would go with Ladapo again. Um and, and try and use him to I really liked what he's been doing deep in the last couple of games. In the Burton in the Burton game there were times where he was getting the ball deep and actually running with the ball. And I, I've been not seeing a lot of that from him. I liked that. Um other times in the in both games and notably in the Accrington one, it was coming deep and kind of connecting things a little bit. And I've I've really liked it. I I would go with him again, I think. And um, I guess that would be reverting back to the Burton eleven then in the in if that if that was him. Um yeah, it would be. Yeah, is, that's probably there, what I'd do. Yeah, I mean, you started when we were talking about the Accrington game. You mentioned about the remodelled right side and praise for both Janoy Danassian and Caden Jackson after the game. They've both become the kind of dependable figures for Kieran McKenna, the guys that, you know, sit in the shadows for quite long times, but you just know what you're going to get from them when they come into the team. Janoy, that's always been the case with, I think. He's always been sort of Mr. Solid, dependable, um, Caden Jackson not always been the case with him. He's been a bit up and down, but he's certainly now proving himself to be a very consistent performer, certainly down that right side now. There's no question at all that he is a right winger rather than a striker now. Um, and they're utilising his super strengths, which is pace. And he's always been, I, I would argue, a pretty decent crosser of the ball on the run. Um which had kind of always baffled us that he was used as this sort of striker when his qualities were kind of maybe more suited to that that right wing role. And he's got that he's got the work ethic to go with it as well. Defensively, mm. he'll do his job. Is it is there any argument that either of those two would be looked at? Are they seen as a pair? A Burns and Clark a pair now, and Danassian and Jackson a pair? I don't know. Um, no, I wouldn't go that far. I don't think. Um, I... I don't know. I think if I was going to argue one of their cases, it would be Janassian. I think, but ultimately, I think it will land on Clark and Burns going again. Um, 
But if, the if argument I'll... for the argument for Danassian that he's, he's a better one v one defender, and in in a big game against more dangerous opponents, um, he'd be better suited. Although Bolton, I think, have have, have been a little bit weakened down their left side. Um, no, uh, Jack Iredale, who's who's kind of been their left sider, he's been injured for a few weeks now. Um, so I think I'd go with the more attacking option of of Harry Clark. Um, and then Jackson, you'd argue that maybe his pace for a bit of a transition counter-attack approach might be better suited, but Burns can offer that as well. And, and Burns had a good game against Burton, didn't he? And, he? and he's and he's popped up in the big moments for Ipswich this season in the big games. So I, I think you're right. I think it will go back to, uh, to Clark and Burns. Mm. I'm looking forward to seeing... Um... Wolverton and Burgess against against Charles this weekend. He's quite an abrasive striker, isn't he? Always rubbing up against rubbing up a, up against the centre half, not not giving them um, not giving them too much peace. I'm quite I'm quite looking forward to seeing that happen. I've, I think Town have coped pretty well with with players like that of late. Wolverton's come on in that side of his game really really quite well. I think um, Burgess we know can cope can cope with that. Um, but I'm quite looking forward to seeing it. He's a yeah. he's um he's an interesting player, Charles. I've 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 enjoyed watching him over the years. He's doesn't always does, he can have these days where he's just completely anonymous, um, and you barely notice him at all. But there there are others where um he kind of highlights his unseen hard work with with some moments of quality as well. And he's clearly in a good place for Bolton at the moment. Is it a 16 in the league for the season for him. Yeah, it's not... eight, 18 all competitions. Um, you look at the, where their goals have come from, they've been pretty reliant on him. Um, Ipswich, you'd feel that they spread the goals about. Yes, Chaplin and Ladapo have got good goal tallies, but Broadhead now is contributing. You, Morsi, you know, can score some, some goals. Davis has now got a couple. Burns, we know, can score goals. So I think Ipswich have got a a wider goal threat than Bolton if uh, we start to analyse these two squads. You mentioned about sort of the the, the Charles uh, threat for Bolton. The fact that they play with more of a front two um, is an interesting dynamic to this game. We're so used now to everybody playing sort of one central striker. Bolton tend to play. It's more of a t- front two with one behind rather than it, which is, you know... So- lone striker and two in, in behind. So um, that's a slight kink for Ipswich to kind of adapt to um, in this match. But in general, this this is the two best two best passers of the ball in the league, isn't it? The two teams that top mm. the possession charts, two teams that want to play inverted commas the, the right way. Um, and you would hope that they, these sort of games suit Ipswich. You'd hope so. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing... Um... Shola Shortiri, he's someone Kieran McKenna will know well from Manchester United, he'll know him. Um, but like Bolton don't concede goals at home. And this is this is our first visit, of course, Stu, to the Tough Sheet Stadium. Look forward to that. We've been a few different setups well, for this. Is it is it officially called that yet, or does the sponsorship start from next season? Because I'm not well, calling it until until I have to. <laughs> it's the Reebok. I'm sorry, what, whatever they call it from this point onwards, this that place will always be the Reebok. Um, I don't, I don't know. I don't really care when the when the sponsorship starts. If I'm being completely honest, but um, it, it's the Reebok, and the Wi-Fi is terrible. That's um, yeah. Looking forward to seeing Shaw Terry. They don't concede goals there. I think they went. Six, James Trafford, the keeper, went 16 hours at one point without conceding a goal at home. They they did concede to to Port Vale recently. Um, but but they don't concede at home. So it, it's you wouldn't expect it to be a massively high scoring game, but but it should suit Ipswich like like you know you say it's the, these are the games where it's kind of a living level a level playing field in terms of approach and and at, at that point I would I I think I'd be I think I'd back Ipswich's quality. I think I'd hope to back Ipswich's quality at this point to to emerge on top in a game like this because conditions are are set up for it. Although I think the snow has been a little bit heavier up there than it has been mm. up here. I'm sure that won't have any impact on the game whatsoever, though. So it should be a good game. But um, 
should suit town as well. Yeah, I really don't think there's there's an awful lot between these two teams, as as the table suggests. Bolton were flying not so long ago, go five straight wins, which included a back-to-back five nils at one stage. They won five nil uh, at Peterborough that they won five nil at, yeah. and they they followed that up with a five nil at home against MK Dons. But they come into this run maybe having hit their own little sticky patch um they had a really hectic schedule of games because they've managed to get themselves into the final of the the papa john's trophy i've got plymouth at wembley to come in that but what it's meant is i think they played eight games in in a 28 day period um and just hit the buffers a little bit of late um judging by some of the comments being made by by ian Everett, who said that maybe a little bit of fatigue has crept in that winning run ended with a with a one nil defeat to Wickham, a feeling Ipswich know well. Um, and yeah. in the last couple of games, they've, uh, well, they drew nil-nil uh, at Morecambe at the weekend, which sounded, listening to the quotes from Evett, sounded like um, some of the games that Ipswich have been frustrated in this season in terms of sort of the opposition parking the bus and them just not quite having the, the tempo and the ideas to break them down. So, um yeah, they're they're a team that's come on massively from last season in the same way Ipswich have, um, but maybe are just not quite there, just lacking something that's making them a, a top two contender. Um, like Ipswich, they've fallen just short in, in the sort of games against the top six. Ipswich, we keep talking about, well, they've only beaten Derby out of the current top six teams. It's a pretty similar story for Bolton as well. Um, lost to Sheffield Wednesday lost and drew against Plymouth. Obviously, the Ipswich game was a draw on the opening day. Drew against Barnsley, beat them away, uh, drew and lost against Derby. So, lots of good things happening at Bolton, but there'll be some doubts in their supporters' minds that they're not quite getting over the line in the in these top six games going into this match. Well, Ipswich are going to need to get over the line in a couple of them uh, from the here if, if they're going to have automatic promotion ambitions of their own. Um it's a big weekend in League One again. We talked about this ahead of the game on Tuesday. Plymouth played Derby. They beat them on Tuesday night. Um, controversial penalty, uh, the difference there. But Plymouth now go to Barnsley ahead of the run we've already talked about against teams in the, the bottom half of the league to finish the season up. So um, another opportunity for a, for a swing in the points this weekend between Ipswich and Plymouth. So a few eyes will be on Oakwell um, from this one as long as town get their side of the bargain done that's by far the most important thing regardless of what plymouth are able to do yes uh, i looked at this week and thought if ipswich are going to get themselves in the top 2 i thought that gap needed to be chipped into by the end of this week uh didn't happen on tuesday night as you say um i'd like to see you know i'd like to see that sort of chipped into this weekend if if possible because plymouth running does look a lot kinder on paper. Ipswich have now played all of the bottom six teams twice. And we know that there's a big gap between the quality at the very top of this division and the very bottom of this division. I think Ipswich only dropped two points over those games against the uh, those teams at the bottom. Um, Plymouth have got plenty of those games still to play. So Ipswich are going to need to do it the hard way. And they're going to have to, as you say... Um, win one or two of these matches against the, the sides around them if uh, if they're going to got any chance of uh, sneaking into that top two. Mm. Hopefully that starts week, this weekend. So let's have let's 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 make some predictions, Stu, because um I've offered Mark a double or quits on this, um saying town are going to win. I, I do think town are going to win. I'm going to I'm going to say a two one Ipswich victory uh this weekend. Tight. Do you want to give me some goal scorers? How's it going to play out? Wow, you're asking a lot now. Um, uh, I think Ipswich will go to 2 0 up uh, through Wes Burns and Nathan Broadhead. And then somebody in a white shirt will score. I don't I don't, don't know. That's probably De- probably Dion Charles. Um and, and okay. Tam will win Tam will win two one. I like your confidence. Um I think for all the reasons that we've discussed, Bolton don't concede many goals at home. Two possession-based sides that could cancel each other out. Um, 
I don't think there's a huge amount between these two sides. I think this is all going to result in a nil-nil. Still be fun though, wouldn't it, mate? It'd still be fun and it might be. There's nil-nils and there's nil-nils and I think this will be one of the more entertaining end of the scale. Two teams that are trying to play football uh, go at each other but ultimately sort of cancel each other out. Um, Yeah, they drew nil-nil at home against Plymouth. They drew nil-nil at home against uh, Barnsley. They drew nil-nil at home against Derby. Um, that tells you how their their sort of games at the Unibol slash Reebok slash Tough Sheet uh, have gone against sort of sides at the top end of the table. So, um, yeah, I'm probably looking at it a bit too sort of logically there with my head as a nil-nil. My heart says Ipswich are just starting to... I, yeah, if you were going to push me one way or the other, I'd just start to edge towards it, which because I think momentum, confidence, all the things that we've talked about um, could come into play just to tip it, tip a fine margins game that way. I'm not going to push you into anything, mate. You you do you. Um, any other business before we wrap things up and get on with previewing the nil-nil? You have a Massimo Luongo shirt hung behind you over your right shoulder, but it's not in blue. It's in red. Is that from your Swindon days? Yep. Have you acquired that recently? Nope. It's a leg- Why- that's, that's, that's a legacy. Did he give it to you? No, so no, it's not. No. <laughs> No, it's not. It's not. Um, it's not a, an actual shirt. I every season, every season I cover as in this job, I I get a little shirt of of someone from that season who I either did a something good with, like a good interview or something, or someone that um was incredibly good during that that season, just to, just as a bit of a memory for me. And that was um that was from from then. So he he had he had an incredibly good season. Um, the last year that I did there, they lost the they lost in the playoff final in League One, and he was he was fantastic in that in that season. So that was the one that I uh, I got. So I thought to celebrate his good week in an Ipswich shirt, I'd um I'd mark it by by putting that on the little hanger for you. Looks a player, doesn't he? Uh, mm. Look, we've we've waxed lyrical about Nathan Broadhead, but there could be an argument that come the end of this season of those four January editions. The one who came in on a free transfer, Massimo Luongo, might end up having the biggest influence. And took two months to to even start a game, having come in on a free transfer. Could well be. It's um he's shown he's shown his class in these in these couple of games. Keep him fit. Um and he could be he could be a real trump card, couldn't he? Yeah, I think he's he's helped Morsi's game as well. Um He's what Ipswich need, I think. In in uh, he's got a bit of experience. He's got a bit of drive. He's got a bit of de- de- determination, tenacity. Or he's got some of those gritty qualities. I think you need in League One as as well as obviously the sort of the technical qualities as well. Um, he had a, another very impressive game against Accrington. Second game in a row, he's come off to a standing ovation. Let's just keep everything crossed that um, he can stay fit now because that's the the big question mark against him. Can he go again? Uh, did adrenaline get him through Tuesday night? Is he going to be okay to 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 rattle out a third straight start in a week? Let's hope so because um, he's looked very good. Hope so. Um, was that your any other business? Is there any other business on top of that other business? Don't think so. No. Anyone anyone jumping off the page from a Bolton point of view? You've mentioned. Dion Charles, I remember Connor Bradley, uh, their right wing back, was uh, caught my eye from the from the opening game of the season. He's the young lad on loan from Liverpool. Um, gets stuck in. He's got he's picked up per Sam Morsi esque levels of, of bookings, but mm-hmm. I liked him. Um, he was up against. There was the caveat of Leif Davis, a very jet lagged Leif Davis, uh, on that opening day, who gave away the penalty. Um, but Leif Davis, I think they'll be probably shocked to see how much better Leif Davis is yeah. now compared to that day. So hopefully that will that will keep them uh, mm. catch them unawares a little bit. But um, yeah, you just hope that the, it's, the, this game. Sometimes you need games to come along at the right time, 
And I think the fact that Bolton have just gone off it a little bit, Ipswich have stepped it up a level. Um, Ipswich have got a pretty fully fit squad to select from, hopefully. And Bolton have got one or two players out. Adebayo, who they signed from Burton in January, is, is injured. George Johnston, by all accounts, has, has been quite a big miss for them. Uh, their left-sided centre-half. Iredell, I mentioned down the left side. Um, Bod Varson uh, up front as well. So, um, hopefully, this game has come at the right time and Ipswich can just tip one of these fine margins games, as they always are when these top six sides clash. One of these can go go Ipswich's way. Maybe they'll get the rubber green for a penalty or a, a deflection or something like that. It feels like Ipswich are owed a moment like that in, in one of these games. Hope so. Hope so. Um, let's wrap things up for today. A uh, big thank you to our sponsors, Ginger, Pickle and Manscaped. Stu, hope you're manscaping uh, regularly at the moment. Um, we'll be back on Monday to, uh, to talk about hopefully a, another good weekend for Ipswich Town. See you later.